Welcome to the Comedy Here Often podcast. I'm your host, Kevy. With me, as always, is young Alexi. This week on the show, we have comedian Alex Sparling. Yes, okay. All right. Hey. <laughs> Hi, guys. We did it. We finally did it. That was so dramatic. I know. What a start. Yeah, Zoom's really unhelpful Man. today. Well, you know what it is? It's just, it's 2020. You yeah. know? Everything's a nightmare. Everything sucks. But we'll figure it out together. Remember how excited everyone was to start this year? Remember remember that? Everyone was saying it was going to be their year. <laughs> it wasn't anyone's year. I want to say, let's not say that about 2021, because I think that will jinx it. I've become very superstitious. Recently. <laughs> you know, I agree with you too, man. I've been wearing the same socks for the whole year. I'm like, it's, it's, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Suspicious. Yeah. I've been growing up my beard. Yeah, yeah. Don't, you know what? I get it. Fun joke. I can't grow a beard to save my life. And as a bartender now, I've found that to be one of the most crucial things uh, in order to uh, make tips, which is what makes the face mask really nice is that uh, nobody knows I don't have a 13-year-old beard. (laughs) Wait a second. So uh, having a beard makes people tip you? Yeah. Look, I know you've lived a long life of being an attractive dude. Uh, uh, but when you're bald and have half a face, a beard goes a long way. Especially, yeah. like, uh, without the beard, I either look, uh, depending on how I'm dressed, I either look 13 or total skinhead. And it's a thing I can't have in my life. <laughs> Alex, I think you're a beautiful man. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, um, but uh, I know what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on the new bar. This is so exciting. Thanks, man. Uh, it's it's beyond cool. Yeah. What bar is there? Talking about doing that for a while. Yeah, I've been talking about. I mean, like, I think. Sorry, Alexi. Uh, um, I I bought into uh, a bar. Remember eight and a half? Uh, uh, on eight and eight. It was like oh. a comedy venue and restaurant. Yeah. Oh, sick. Um, well, it was a comedy. It was a it was a restaurant until uh, I started running a super dope Monday night comedy show, <laughs> and then it was then it turned into a bit more of a yeah a Monday yeah. night comedy venue. Yeah. Oh, it's sick. Yeah. So I. <laughs> yeah, and so I bought into it with uh, the old owner of Eight and a Half and. Uh, like you said, Kevy, I've been playing around with this idea for. I mean, like I've been to, I've been thinking about this thing for like the last five years, and then started kind of getting vocal with it about the last year and a half, uh, and then went to school for it about a almost a year ago now, mm-hmm. uh, which turned into a total scam, um, <laughs> uh, because the best way to learn how to run a bar is just fucking do it, and so. I was managing eight and a half right before COVID hit. And then we just didn't really have a takeout culture ever. And so we were looking for something else. And I pitched to Mike, you know, the idea and the concept that I've been flirting with for years. And he said, let's go for it. And so I bought in and we've been doing that. That's so it's cool. Been cool. That is yeah. so cool. And that, and you can like, like I sent him a bunch of local music 
for like a playlist so he can just play like local punk bands and stuff. And that's awesome. And then I told all the bands. Now they're like, well, we want to go there. And so it's just going to be a really cool hang. Well, and it's yeah, it's been. And, and thanks again for that, man. Like, I love that. It's been so much fun because my idea behind it, like the idea behind the whole spot was we would do it as a collective to begin with. Right. Like um, I. Uh, first of all, I found uh, a new term. It's my new favorite term of the world. Uh, I am a disaster capitalist. <laughs> and uh, which is also a great name for a cocktail um oh, so yeah. wait for that on the menu because it's happening um but uh within that i got a chance to there's three chefs that i've worked with over the last 10 years of cooking in vancouver who i just not just adore as people but i respect on such a massive level as far as, far as culinary goes um, and so I got to lock the three of them down because of, there was nothing going on. And so we spent, like, they were all guys that I had cooked with before professionally, but then also just all of like, just at home, uh, that, you know, all getting together. Like, uh, so like, uh, chef Devin Alexander, who's also, um, uh, a, an amazing comic and music producer in town. He, um, he has... He's he's he is he's very quietly one of the best chefs working wow. right now. It's wow. because he just has his focus on music and comedy. Mm. Um, but he and I have played around a bunch of times. It's been great. And so I brought him in, and then Th uh, Chef Thomas Chelka, who uh, was the original head chef at Eight and a Half, who brought me in ten years ago. Um, I actually, when we were renovating, I found the original resume that I dropped off here. No way. Oh my God. So cool. That's pretty cute. Uh, <laughs> but he, he was, he was a private caterer. Um, he was going to help open the new Twisted Fork and Gastown before everything happened. He's an, an amazing, amazing chef, which is like, nobody runs a line like that guy knows how to. Yeah. Um, and he has uh, a massive amount of respect for everybody involved. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Chef uh, Trevor Walsh, mm -hmm. um, who helped uh, open a bunch of local favorites. Uh, like, t I don't know if you remember Timber. Yeah, I do. Commercial? Yeah, he, he was the chef that helped open that. Gargoyles, the Manchester pub. Uh, but he's oh. been a, a Donnelly chef for the last 10 years and so I kind of pitched this idea to them and they were all into it and we spent like the first three weeks of COVID uh, building a menu over Facebook Live together. No way! Wow! <laughs> That's so cool. Which is really interesting. Uh, but we, I mean, it's not like we don't have all, uh, an enormous amount of respect for the places that we've all worked at in the last 10 years because we do, but there's always pockets being a, a, a chef and a, or just like, I mean, any level of this business where you just feel like you're doing it for somebody else and all the hard work you put in, you sure. never get to see the comeback on it. And so yeah. we decided to collaborate and build this together as a menu in a restaurant with the kitchen first. Right. Uh, and all of them are also owners as well because mm. we're doing it for ourselves. Wow. Uh, it's been working really well in that, like, it just kills me, uh, because it was such an easy concept, but such an easy sell. Who knew if you 
let people, good people, be the best they can possibly be and pay yeah. them accordingly for it. Yeah. Holy fuck, the shit they come <laughs> up with is amazing. And it's just been working. Um, and we're slowly building out the front of house as well. Like Robin Timms uh, is my uh, AGM. Uh, she uh, was a manager at Blarney Stone for years. She is such a wealth of front of house knowledge, is one of the best bartenders I know. And so we brought her in to start building out um, uh, the restaurant. And then another woman named Adriana who used to work here who's building our, our entire cocktail list. But as a collaborative, her cocktail list is hers. And so we have Side Hustle Sandwiches, which is the menu, mm-hmm. but our, our drinks are through curbside cocktails. Like it's still okay. under her brand and she's okay. still getting that personal recognition. And so within those same easy concepts that worked, that's where the music came from where like, I mean, I have been loosely in touch with the music scene here for, since I've been here with having friends and bands and, you know, getting to know guys like you, Cavi. Yeah. But I just, it, it would just made so much sense to me to, instead of playing a top 40 list that everybody else is right. Mm-hmm. Um, like your Carrie Underwoods and your what I don't listen to music I don't know but, uh, <laughs> but I just figured it would just be smarter and still work to just showcase local music all day and the yeah. thing that's blown me away is how good it all is <laughs> yeah oh yeah Our it's stupid so yeah we have so much talent here and like i i really appreciate that it's kind of like a boutique thing that you're doing where like everyone is bringing their own unique talents and getting the credit for it rather than it being a collective and being you know some nameless faceless entity that kind of controls it all it's you guys all bringing things and being recognized as people for it. that's really cool yeah completely and we're like we're making a point to showcase all of the local providers we're getting as well yeah right uh You know, we're getting our sausages uh, and our cured meats from uh, like a sixth generation German uh, family that's been making sausages just a block away called the original sausage house. Um, We're getting all of our other proteins through inner city packers, which are like their farms are right in Richmond or in the valley. Um, There's there's just such a plethora of different folks. Like we're getting our hand sanitizer from Resurrection Spirits in town. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very grassroots. It's really cool. It's, it's, uh, I actually didn't know that you were a chef, Alex. And by the way, Alexi is a chef also. And an no audience. way. Yeah. <laughs> that just, they kind of go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like before I did, um, before I did music, seriously, I used to work at Federico's and, uh, oh, cool. and Cafe Roma before it became nice. Silver Soda. Mm it's really cool so uh alex are you gonna start doing stand-up shows there when you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uh i mean one part is that i kind of hate stand-up now but uh, no i just <laughs> really but no it's not that i hate stand-up but actually taking like walking away from it yeah. uh for like it's i mean i'm I, I can't help but still write like stupid little jokes uh <laughs> that nobody likes so uh, what are you talking uh, about? <laughs> oh, well, the la- just to be fair, the last joke I wrote uh, was, uh, could you imagine being a career bouncer for the last decade only to be replaced by a sneeze guard? It's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's a fun tweet. <laughs> but, but that's it, though. But that's it. And so, but um, 
yeah, we're we're looking at we'll bring comedy back because we can't not, especially with Devin and I. And yeah, I I really didn't want to quite get there's a, and like there's a lot more performing arts that I want to showcase, uh, which I'll, I'll mention later. But like Devin pitched uh, who I ran eight and a half inches of comedy with um, for like almost five years. Uh, Devin pitched calling the show Slide Whistle Comedy. Uh, and I love that, uh, <laughs> especially doing like if the light was just a slide whistle, like, did you want your whistle at one or two minutes kind of thing? It's just super fun for me. Uh, exactly. <laughs> how, how cool. so, is that? <laughs> uh, so guess who headlines our first show, Kevy? that well done. Uh, but yeah, we're going to, we'll, we'll do stand up. But then the other side of that, as far as like still furthering the community is, um, uh, one of the last nights we, one of the last nights we did, uh, with eight and a half when I was still managing it was, uh, a, a variety show, uh, put on by, ah, oh, shoot. They're the main street players. I want to say, Oh, I can't keep promoing this whole scene. If I can't remember every single name, I feel like a monster. <laughs> But it's just so good, and there's so many. Yeah. Um, but we did a variety show with like, uh, like some improv. We had a ventriloquist, some drag, uh, some cabaret players. And one of the things that immediately popped out to me uh, and took me back to when I moved down here to do acting was that there's nowhere to play. Oh, if yeah. like, as much as I annoyed was annoyed with you know where the scene here was at, as far as like rooms falling just like falling to the wayside and falling apart and especially losing good rooms um we got really lucky with stand-up yeah. like it was real grassroots but there was a lot of room to play but yeah for most performing arts unless you're invited to get to do a movie or uh you know play the theater like queen elizabeth or whatever there's mm -hmm. no middle ground there's no in between yeah, for sure and to be i think to be able to open our doors to uh, as a mid-scale venue for amateur. Oh, oh no. That mother just called. I apologize. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Let's find um, out the real Alex. <laughs> so with that, let me just kill my audio. Uh, yeah. I apologize. Um, she had a slide whistle too. <laughs> that's probably. I'll change my ringtone to a slide whistle. It's probably the smartest move. Um, I just, Alex, I just remembered something great that happened uh, the last time I saw you do stand up was when uh, it was the Yuck Yucks party uh, for the <laughs> compilation that that I produced and. <laughs> Alexi, it was great. The the mic, something happened with the mic, and so it was right when Alex went on. So he just yelled his whole set with no oh microphone God. while me and Sam Tawning figured it out. <laughs> oh it was God. like the great thing is that it was like no different than how he usually performs anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except for except for the quiet builds up. Oh yeah. So he did the scream for the pop was just like ah, I never mattered. <laughs> Needs dynamics anyway. Uh, exactly. That was great. You saved <laughs> that show. That was so crazy. <laughs> Thank you. And he did it. He did like a long set of yelling too. It was like twenty-five minutes or something while everyone got, figured out what happened. It was so weird. Oh Sometimes you gotta fall on a sword for the team, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
That sounds like some kind of hockey hockey term, and I know you're a big hockey person, um, so I'm assuming that's what that is. Are you going to be showing sports and stuff at your at your place? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because we're in Mount Pleasant, which is a part of what I love about this neighborhood so much is it's really um, it's community driven and it's uh, incredibly artistic. And we're going to get to showcase that community when we do the performances. Having mm -hmm. said that, um, I am a massive, massive Jets fan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I finally recently snuck in a, a Jets tattoo. Oh, nice. Uh, no yeah. way. Real subtle, uh, but it's it's just a it's a Canada goose with a broken wing and the jetpack he's riding says jets. It's real love, subtle. Oh, I uh, love that. I want to know because it's funny because you're such a nice dude that that sometimes I'll notice with really nice people who are big sports fans, like they'll still talk crazy shit, and that's like the only time they're mean ever. You know what I mean? Are you like that? Are you like trash talker? Kevin, my friend, all is fair in love, war, and hockey has always been uh, my attitude. Um, and that was, yeah, that was my favorite thing about, like, being a Jets fan in uh, BC was going to Canucks bars and alone. It was always my favorite to go alone in, like, full jersey and makeup and just... Uh, makeup, wow. And, and yell at people when the Canucks weren't playing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, but I just because I feel like that's one thing that Vancouver's just always lacked is like an engaging sports scene, depending on what you're watching, right? Okay. And there used to be some amazing, like Fat Sports in Yale Town. That was such an amazing hub, and I, I, I like uh, I watched my first Jets playoffs there, you know, and like, like put my head down when Winnipeg lost. Oh. Started crying a little bit, put, lifted yeah. my head up, and uh, just the bartender immediately had dropped a double shot of Jameson there. I was like, oh, you, I did, you know what I mean? But that's the environment that <laughs> yeah. you're on. Um, where, where I used to get annoyed is like watching a hockey game at what should be a sports bar and being told to keep it down oh, yeah, just yeah. never yeah. made sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> and so, so with uh, one of the things that's really interesting about that question is uh, one is we have some, it was, first of all, it was one of the most fun, uh, professional meetings I've ever had is one of our early ownership meetings. Once we started going here was, um, having to, you know, bring up, Hey, as a bar, who is our allegiance to, you know, and my co-owner and Devin, uh, my co-owner, Mike Weeb, uh, and Devin as well, you know, kind of just like laughing, like, well, you know, we'll see when we get there. Like, no, no, very, very fucking seriously. <laughs> uh, this is a, this is going to be a Jets bar, but it's not. And I think what we're going to do with it, it's really fun is being that we're all a, a, um, a collective and have our own allegiances. We're putting, we're talking about putting a small, like at least taking a small portion of the wall to showcase all of our own affiliations. So Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, and Colorado. Okay. And quite honestly, I can't think of a better package of teams. They're just like yeah. more rad to yeah. go watch. But then it's also, I don't know if you guys have been following much hockey, but we're going to get the Stanley Cup playoffs in August. Oh, which, that's, that's happening. Oh, oh yeah, which is going to be the most exciting thing. And so with everything opening up, we're going to be able to extend our patio and be showing, well, I'm hoping we can show... Hockey games outdoors. Oh, that, like on that the patio. Is cool. 
Oh, that's, that's so, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, it's it. We're not as we're. I mean, as far as like, I, we're not a sports bar, but I want to be a bit of an everything bar, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I want to, uh, like, I want to do like playoff hockey. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, do a drag brunch, and on Tuesday, a amateur cabaret show. Awesome. Oh, my God. Like, bring the whole community in and be more of a hub. And, like, I think yeah. that's one thing that, like, restaurants and bars have been kind of lacking a little bit. And I think COVID was really helpful with resetting that was yeah. these are community hubs. Yeah, and yeah. they should be. Uh, like, so I mean, for something as simple as, like, what I, since I was a kid, <laughs> kid, it's a, it's it's a real foreshadowing on my alcoholism. But since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a regular at a bar. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world yeah. to walk into a business, to walk into a space, and just like, hey, by name, and then just like, yeah, do you want, do you want your regular light beer and a shot of Jameson? More than anything yeah. in the world, thank you. <laughs> I love that you're a shots guy. You're like the only guy, every time I see you, you're like, Kevy, shots. And then it's like, that's that's your greeting. That's that's like bonding. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel bad, too, because not everybody is, you know? And then <laughs> I, and the amount of people in my life that, like, that have pulled me aside have been like, you know, I love hanging out, dude. But uh, <laughs> if you offer me a shot, I'm going to take it. And I just can't anymore. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to be an enabler. I just like having <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not getting loaded. There's a reason I'm drinking light beer. Yeah. Mm. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, I want to hear more about you being a loudmouth uh, Winnipeg fan in Canucks bars. Has there been conflict? In Canucks bars? Just anywhere where you're not, <laughs> where you're not surrounded by Jets fans. Well, but that's the thing is, is like. I don't think it's, which is my entire life, is not being surrounded by Jets fans. Like, I get to go to Winnipeg. Uh, uh, I get to go to Winnipeg once a year. I go for my little cousin's birthday every year. Um, and so we end up going to the hockey game always. Because um, I'm not going to Winnipeg and not going to a game. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's always so weird going to Winnipeg and not being the enemy. Like, the first time I went to a Jets, bar, or to a Jets game... I didn't have anybody to yell at. We were all family. It, was, it, was, it took like, a lot. It took a lot. For this. No one's mad at me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but as far as like at bars go, like I've never had any altercation because uh, I've always found like there's a real art in chirping uh, in that, well, well, like in that there's some simple rules. Don't make it personal and don't yeah. swear. Yeah. Right? Okay. So I just go on facts. I just go on numbers, yeah. you know, and you toss those back and forth and play by play. Like that's like, you know, like yelling at a bunch of guys who are all wearing uh, jerseys of guys who are playing in the AHL. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. they got set down because they suck. You know what I mean? Or just yeah. like few chirps <laughs> like uh, Burroughs is a racist because he is. And you know that. Um, <laughs> you know, like, so, so like numbers just going on facts. But. But, like, I've always found, like, there's people who want that atmosphere, yeah. right? And it just becomes getting those guys more into it, right, and getting involved. And, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you start chirping and 
you start yelling a bit more and people get into it, but then going over to the table, they're like, Hey, how's it going? You guys want to put a shot or a beer on the next goal? You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, you built that atmosphere. Yeah. 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 Alexi, we should call the episode the art of chirping, by the way. The art of chirping. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Uh, Don't hate it. Don't hate (laughs) it. (laughs) I want more chirping advice. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Just like if you're, it's, it's just capitalizing on all the little rumors and everything that you've heard that you know everybody else heard. Like Jake Furtanen, who I just not a big fan of. Uh, he he's one of the Canucks uh, younger kids. Uh, real hot shot, idiot dude. Uh, and he's from I think he believe I believe he's from Abbotsford. I think he still lives in Abbotsford. But he just the last two days or two days ago um, recorded himself uh, driving. Like was fully like. Oh. Check it out. I'm driving in all my hockey gear. Haven't done this since Pee Wee. And then, oh, shoot, shoot, realized what he did. Back and then put the phone back on and then posted it. And then 15 minutes later realized uh, you can't post that uh, because it's very illegal in BC to drive distracted. That's a $385 fine. And the best part is the cops don't have to catch you doing it. All they have to see is video evidence of you doing it, which you can see yourself. Oh, my God. So, um, I like, I mean, like just little things like being able to go to a game and like 385, and he'll know, he'll know. <laughs> you ever had a player react to you? Oh, I've had a couple look at me. I've had a couple look at me for sure. Um, uh, there was a big rumor, uh, which is completely true. Uh, I've been another podcast mentioning this cause it's, it's a thing I never want to die. Uh, but there was a lot of rumors that uh, the reason Ryan Kessler left is because he slept with everybody else's wives. Uh, yeah, and so going to a hockey game and like again, like Rogers Arena, not so much this season because the Canucks have actually been a lot of fun to watch. But in past in the past, it's been a real graveyard in there. Uh, and so <laughs> I can yell, and I know you'll hear me hear me on the ice, which is Kessler slept with all your wives. <laughs> Kessler slept with all. <laughs> And I've had a couple people turn around. Wow. Oh, my God. That's so fun. I love these rumors. This is great. Like, I want to get in. I want to learn more about hockey just so I can do that part. You know? I feel like if if you're a baseball fan, chirper, it'd be good. Because it's just so quiet during the game most of the time. Like, no one's watching, I feel like. Yeah, like, they'll hear you. Nine straight hours once a week? Like, I, you run out of material. <laughs> that's a nine-hour set, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's true. I like the idea of you at home before a game writing your material. And I have. I, I, <laughs> I, you always want to go unprepared, man. You always want to go unprepared. Know those numbers off the back of your head. Like, I, one of my favorite moments was I had a guy... Uh, like I'd snuck down to the lower bowl with a buddy um, and um, you know, there's like, we're just, again, all facts, hitting people with numbers um, and then looking at the people in the, 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 the actual lower bowl, like, cause I, I can only afford the nosebleeds. And then, so you sneak down to the one level lower, but then seeing people leave within like 10 minutes left in the first period, cause Winnipeg just blew you out and just sitting there just going, where are you going? Where are you going? This is the those are seven hundred dollars seats. What are you doing? Here's my email address. Four of those tickets to me. I'll take advantage of it. You know what I mean? And then I love that. having having a guy like just the most like 
stereotypical Vancouver granola old dude uh, <laughs> tapping me on the shoulder and uh, coming back at me with old Jets numbers. Uh, but <laughs> D has his phone in his hand, and so I let him finish. I go, did you just have to Google that information? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, dude, if you had to Google it, you don't care. Go sit somewhere else. The lower bowl's empty. <laughs> Oh, I love this. I love but I think it's just its so much fun. It's just yeah. so much more fun. That's like uh, if you've ever been to a WWE event, that's all it is. It's yeah. so much different live than how it is on TV. And like I've, I've sat in the very front a few times and it's just the crowd versus the wrestlers. It's, yeah. The whole point is chirping and it's so Why funny. wouldn't you? Yeah. And I've always wanted to go to a WWE event just for that exact same reason. <laughs> <laughs> like even just to sit in the front the whole time just yell what 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 and just have i would love for one wrestler to turn around like stone cold's not here he hasn't been here for years yeah. okay that was a long time ago that was like two decades ago so he's got into it it's austin 316 um yeah. alex do you remember the first time you ever got drunk <laughs> oh this is gonna be good i feel like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't you know what? I can't. Um, uh, I can't remember the first time I got. Not so much like as, as far as a good story goes. I can't remember the first time I got drunk because, um, like any good Northern Canadian kid who starts to drink, uh, I, I'm blacked out. Um, <laughs> but but what I do, I can tell you, is like my my first night of legal drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I went to I went to a bar in Yellowknife that was called the Coyote Ugly on my 19th birthday, and one of my best friends had his birthday uh, a couple days before me, and so we went to the bar and knew nothing about uh, shots or what to do with a we didn't know what to do at a bar. So yeah. obviously, like in still in perfect Yellowknife fashion, we pre-drank far more than we should have before we went to the bar. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what if it was 14 bucks it, you know you, you gotta yeah. um, and uh, we went to we, went, we, we got to the bar uh, and my I, I, and the both of us are just clearly we should not have been allowed in do you know what I mean <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and we get in there and uh, uh uh, we were like, we should we should do a shot, but neither of us know what we should do for a shot. But both of us just being big movie and TV fans, my buddy looks at the bartender and goes, two fuzzy navels. Um, <laughs> so we did those. We're like, ah, that's good. That's, that's, a, that's a real good navel. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we should do something else. And then I remember ordering a tequila shot. Mm-hmm. And then I remember being thrown out of the bar. <laughs> oh, no. And... And, but it's still a thing that has stuck with me my entire life where I will wake up with and, – and, and I still do it. Like I'll wake up on a big night and just assume I did something wrong at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went down to and, – and I never do. Like I never – I'm just not that guy. Yeah. You know, I never do. Like, I'll go down, like, did I walk out into this? And you know what I mean? And yeah. you go down, they're like, nah, but you did tip us like an aggressive amount. And it felt really <laughs> creepy for the server. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, it was just an apology. I didn't mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but I remember going back to Coyote uh, Ugly the next day and like 
an aggressively early hour, so nobody was there, like 4 or 5 p.m., yeah. and talking to the bouncer, and I'm like, hey, man, um, I was here last night. He's like, no, I know. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, did I do something wrong? Like, you kicked me out. I remember that. He's like, yeah, man, you ordered a shot of tequila, and then halfway through it, threw up all over the bar. <laughs> Oh no! He's still just like I'm so. Can I come in and clean it up? And he's just like, dude, I cleaned it up. Like it's already cleaned up. I'm like, I'm so. Should, should I tip? I don't know how this works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I remember my uh, my old punk band. We went to the the Camby once, and the bass player in my band always threw up when when we drink, and he drank like all the time. And I remember we were at the bar in the Camby, and we were talking to these girls, and he was. He, he knew he was going to throw up, so he pretended to sneeze. He's like, and then the bouncer came over and was like, you just throw up? And he's like, how dare you insinuate that I have anything but class here? And the bouncer's like, yeah, you guys got to get, get out of here. That's disgusting. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a good move. Well, on the on a similar on the same note of that story, there used to be. Uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the Northwest Territories. No, that's a lie. I know. I, I know you're not because um, <laughs> Southern Canada does not give a fuck. Um, but <laughs> there's a little town just north of, or just south of Yellowknife called Fort Smith, uh, like six hours where actually Leslie Nielsen was born. Um, mm, trivia, but uh, he. Or they used to do, a, there was used to be a little music festival there called the Friendship Festival. Okay. And uh, it was all all of these bands um, that were uh, just like local, like and like all of my boys in Yellowknife were amazing, like a, a amazing musicians at an obnoxiously young age. Okay. Like at eight, in grade eight, had an amazing ska band. Uh, <laughs> called called Hus Dog and Friends. If you guys have time, you should check it out. They're great. Hus Dog and um, Friends. Uh, and, and and keep in mind when you listen to it, they're in grade eight. It's it's stunningly good. <laughs> which, is, which is part of the that's it's the thing that bothers me the most about MySpace being gone. Just lo- like I lost every high school band I ever yeah. was either in or listened to. You know. Yeah. Um. So. They were, and I, uh, uh, I was never a great musician, even before, like, even when I had a full face and two eyes, like, I still, uh, couldn't play guitar to save my life. Like, I just didn't have, I just didn't have it. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't do any of it, but uh, I was a really good groupie. Uh, and as far as that, I mean, um, I don't know if you can hear it, but I, Ryan, as far as a, a collaborative, uh, Ryan Williams, uh, Legendary Vancouver comedian uh, is here helping me with rentals. Oh, oh. <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> yeah, me and Alexi say hi. Sorry, Ryan's playing Turtles in Time. It's a. Uh... Oh, I'm very familiar with that arcade game. That's really cool. You have that. Oh yeah, super sweet. Hi, Larry. Oh, he says hi. <laughs> <laughs> say um... hi to Alexi, you monster. Hi, Alexi. There you go. I said hi, Alexi. Hi. <laughs> All right, Alex. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Anything else you want people to know about your new spot? Um, we're at 151 East 8th Avenue um, on Main and... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he's in my circle, so the social distancing is fine. Um, 
But, uh, uh, yeah, 151 East 8th Avenue. We're Wednesday to Saturday, 11 to 7-ish. We're trying to extend those hours. Um, come try out some sandwiches. Come have some beer. But then also within that, um, when we can, like, when quarantine starts to lift and we finish these renos, we're going to be opening up on our website our events calendar. Okay. And we want to encourage anybody and everybody of any, uh, like, I don't care how amateur you think you are, submit and we'll let you take over a night. Cool. Just come perform. You have a space. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's great. I'm yeah. so excited to be a regular. Yeah. Yeah, we got to go, Alexi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then to the to the bands that uh, I have been playing, we are setting up our business Spotify, so we're like, I'm not paying you an exposure. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, Alex, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thanks, folks. Guys are great. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Bye, Ryan. <laughs> Bye, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Comedy Here Often podcast. I've been your host, Kevy. Thank you to Alex Sparling for coming out. Make sure to check out his play, Side Hustle Sandwiches. Follow him on social media. Follow us at Comedy Here Often on social media. Listen to us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We'll see you next week.